Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is Friday, Questions Friday. I can't believe it. I love Fridays, even though, (coughs) excuse me, even though all week, because I finished with the filming and everything on Monday, I have been sitting at my desk just catching up to five weeks of not being able to sit at my desk. So it's been crazy, and I actually looked forward to Friday this week the way I used to when I would be at a desk all the time. So welcome today. Um, We have a ton of questions. I have one that I'm going to take on first because it will bleed into the second question, which is, I think, anonymous, but that's cool. We're going to go for it. My first question is from Eliana, and she said, Nadia, question for Friday. Today when I turned the first page of the Shawshank Redemption, I read the following. I had to take a picture for you. Hope is a good thing, maybe the best thing, and no good thing ever dies. So my question to you, Nadia, could you speak more on hope? I'd love to hear about it, and when you speak on hope, it reminds me of some of Christ's scriptures. Thank you, and much love, Eliana. Well, I got news for you, Eliana. Hope is what Christ talks about all the time. I mean, we talk about it because... There's something about understanding that we are bigger than we think. And and not just bigger or better, like, oh, man, we're just so big and we're just so great. You know, we start having this kind of inflated sense of, of who we are. It's not that kind of bigger. It's that when we know deep inside that we can do or get to where we want to go. We just have to figure out how. That's different, very different than just thinking I can do this and not anything past it. I can do this. How can I do this? That's where the hope comes in because I have a lot of people come to me and say, I keep saying I can do this. I keep visualizing. I keep, I'm like, you just got to do the thing. You just got to do it. There isn't a magic formula in getting things you want to get done, done in your life. There just isn't. You just actually have to do the things. And as you do that, that's where hope understood because had you not truly hoped for that from the bottom of your heart in any way you would not take yourself to that place where you know you can go further and I say it's she says it's more than the political climate the political climate we have right now is going to be interesting because It's like we are going to be seeing control and 
it's going to get dirty and it's, because there is no hope in it. It's not even about our country. It's about the people running. And it's, it's oh, usually that way, but, you know, I kind of like hope will hope. We'll focus on the country, but the way my way of doing it is focusing on the people in the country or the people in any country, regardless of what goes on. But hope itself, just hope is a fuel because without it, think of life without it. People are really sad. I have no hope. How many times have you heard that? I don't feel hope. And yet we don't talk about hope. We talked about it here for a while, but we don't talk about hope very much because it's one of those doing, which is the other part of it, which I think is fascinating. But it forces us to think about, okay, how would I do this? How bad do I want it? Why do I want it? I mean, hope takes you through truth, love, and purity to understand. Because without understanding your truth, how you feel about how you love yourself, your self-worth, knowing you can, where no one can come and shake your, your, or rattle your cage, I should say, when it comes to what you're doing. And just me even saying someone can come and rattle your cage. Me saying that makes me feel so weird that we allow anyone to rattle our cage. And yet, a lot of times when they do, we get to see, flat out, we get to see how much something means to us. And without that, We wouldn't, and maybe that's why people can rattle our cage. Maybe that's why. So hope is the driver. It's like if you have a car and you've got all systems in place, you have the car, the car is nice, you have everything that the car needs, an engine, it has, you know, it's just like it's truth, it's love, it's purity. You have the seat, the engine, and the key, turning the key. If you want to really think about hope's role, you get all this information, can you use it? Because when you use it, that's when hope comes alive. I'm hopeful that works out. How many times have you heard that? I don't feel hope. And until you get there, you don't know what it is. We learn by doing. That's the most effective way we will ever learn in our lifetime. It's by doing. And so hope is the doing. That's showing the world, like, wow, they're trying. And they're, they're putting that effort ahead. They're not kidding. Where does hope really play a huge part because we all know if we go to school and we do our work that we'll graduate. We all know that if we clean a room, it will be clean. Or if we go to cook a meal, it will be cooked. 
But how about the things we don't know, the hard things? Like what if we are suffering from addiction to something? And I'm talking anything from sugar to drugs because we have a lot of different kinds of addictions in our world. Even physical addictions like, you know, sexual addiction and that kind of thing. But addictions. A lot of times when people lose hope, they will partake in those addictions further. Let's say they're, they're trying to stop or let's say they've gone to some kind of rehabilitation. That's when the hope is alive. And when they really, really concentrate, and, and it's hard in the beginning to stop any addiction because you're so conscious of it. And then your ego comes in and tries to get you to just partake, partake, partake the whole time. And you're fighting it. And then when you're alone, you're like, holy mother, God, I can't take it anymore. Can have enough hope to carry you through that process, that hard part. And you can know in your heart it's going to be hard, really hard in the beginning. But I heard that it gets better. And instead of reading about people who are in full-blown addiction of, of it, read about people who overcame it and what their lives were like so you know what to expect. I mean, I knew, you know, just changing the way I ate was so hard. I mean, it didn't happen in one day. It took me like two years, two years. And I started with the hardest thing first, and it wasn't even Coke. It was bread. But I never even thought of myself as being addicted to anything, but that's what we were used to eating. So I just ate it, not even thinking of it as that. But then I met people who did those things, and I had the hope that I needed to get through that, to wanted to stop Coca-Cola. Yes, I see what Eliana's writing. It's true. That's crazy. That was my second thing after the bread. The Coke was extremely difficult because I had to, like, reintroduce myself to it. It was like I stopped drinking it, and then I went to lunch with, um, some friends of mine, and every time we go, we go to a Mexican food place, and that was the hardest because that was the sweet and salty dance that I used to do. And then what happened was I tasted it. I tasted Coke. We ordered one and shared it. I was sharing it with my friend, and she was, love that swig of Coke after I'm eating my chips. And I thought, Yeah, so do I. Like, I was totally egged on. There went my hope right out the window. And I I told myself that, you know, well, I don't have it at home, so I I won't drink it again. This is a one-time thing. But when I first drank it, it tasted like cough medicine. And I was like, man, something must be wrong with my taste buds. I, I never thought the product had an issue. So I blamed my own taste buds for the issue. And I drank some more. And after a few swigs between the salt and the sugar, 
I was happier than a pig in mud. Do you know what happened when I left there? That Coke, it turned out, was behind what triggered the salt and sweet going back and forth all day. And after stopping it, I stopped doing that because the sugar that I had wasn't so high that it wanted me to balance it with salt that was so high. And then there you go, back and forth like a yo-yo all day. So after that day, seeing what happened to my body, because now my body's responding and I'm just either going to answer it or I'm going to, I made a decision that day that I just cannot drink it again. And it's going to be hard for me because now I've reintroduced it. And I really loved it, but then I hated, thank God, hated the kicker afterwards enough to get back to the hope of knowing that I can, I can get this out of my life. And I did. But it was as clear as day. I had to be away from it for quite some time. And then... I don't know what made me reintroduce it. I thought it couldn't be so bad. And it was. Because the Coke, drinking that Coke I had in the restaurant triggered the rest of my day. And I could have easily have lost hope in the fact that I won't be able to conquer this need, this want, this desire. That I wouldn't be able to conquer it because it was so pleasurable in the moment. But what happened afterwards, how I felt, I was so full, I was bloated, I wasn't happy, been down. And then the other part of it was, is that I felt weirdly like sluggish and then sleepy in the middle of the day, because this had happened at lunch. And I didn't have hope for that rest of that day, because I was like, holy cow, this day is shot. And it was. It was. So I hope I answered your question on hope. I have another question because we're going into this. This one is anonymous, but I have to read it to you guys. And I usually don't read them prior, but this one I did because I got it like a few days ago. And it just, or I guess it was only yesterday morning. So I I want to read it to you. Dear Nadia, I have a question, but maybe is not for sharing. Please, I would like to remain anonymous. I haven't spoken about this, not even with my family. I am a bit embarrassed to ask you about it, but I had thought maybe yourself or Christ can give me a comment if you consider is appropriate to do so. I apologize for taking your time. I started to experience chills since 2017 that were far in between, but now are constant. I don't feel cold or anything like that. It's like a current of energy starts at my head and goes down, sometimes smaller, sometimes bigger, that shake my body at times makes me jump. This happens only when I listen at some point any word like love, God, angels, truth, kindness, loving songs throughout 
your morning show when I think thoughts of love, truth, purity, kindness, etc. Do I have to do anything about it since I notice that it is happening or just let it be because it's only a reaction from my body to those loving thoughts and words? Thank you. Lots of love to you, Nadia and Christ. And then I just put, I will answer this tomorrow. And then they wrote, just forgot to mention that each time it only lasts a... When I read this, you want to talk about hope on steroids, which is why I wanted to go first with the hope, because what happened to all of us? Anyone who's listening to this show, and it happened to the camera crew that came, it happens to my family, it happens to people I meet, I don't even know how it happens, that when we are together, hope is the most alive. And that's why I know I know without a shadow of a doubt that Christ is in the house. If you were to say anybody's in the house, he's in the house. Love and that power and that seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, even though we don't know how to get there, even when there's listeners who listen and they're having issues and those issues are reoccurring issues and they can't seem to stop themselves from an addiction or they can't seem to stop themselves from things. We've all been there. And in this community that somehow formed itself around us, and I have to include myself because seeing Christ is It sounds like, oh, there's that woman that saw Christ. But heck, if you're around this, it is going to affect you. Because somewhere in you, that bigger picture of hope comes alive in a way that we just don't expect. It's like this quiet thing. It's not a boom right in you, you know, three ways to change your life in five minutes seven things you can do that will make you rich or whatever it is that people are selling over and over again. These fireside chats that we have every day, the fact that my life isn't perfect, but I'm happy. How is that? Because we're only supposed to be happy when we are perfect. And I'm like, well, what the heck is perfect? Because I sure know I'm not. And then Christ just says perfection is love. Oh, great. Then I have a perfect life. Yay. Understanding this, whatever this is, this love, that we get to enjoy our lives while we are living them is the best gift of all. It's the gift that keeps on giving. 
So to get this question made my heart fly, like literally fly out of my body. Because that is the power of that love showing up in a physical form. It's like you, the purity of it makes your body do exactly what I just read to you. Purity, when it meets you and you, you yourself can accept it, that's what it feels. That happened to me months before I saw Christ and then after for two years, entire body would at times, before I would go to bed, it was just like for my soul to leave and go with Christ somewhere. I shook like I was having a convulsion. And then I would just like go into this peace and fall into the deepest sleep and boom, I would wake up the next day. Then it started happening in the afternoon and I would pass out for hours. And if anyone actually knows me or has lived with very much, I'm like a hyper person and I run around and I'm always cleaning and cooking. And I mean, I just love moving. And as a child, they probably would have medicated me even the way I am now. But that feeling that I just read, when you hear about love, God, angels, truth, kindness, loving songs throughout this show, love and truth and purity, kindness again, kindness, those are the real highs of life. We try to duplicate these highs with stuff. And the disappointing part is the stuff leaves. And once that leaves, we're left with this downside. And we come down. How many times do you hear you come down? Even after eating something filled with sugar, we come down. We always come down. But from this, truth, love, and purity, kindness, God, loving songs, you don't come down. That's the upside. That's the hope. There is no downside to this work. I have for a very long time been unable to describe this work to anybody. I still, how many times have I asked you guys on the radio show page, how many times did I ask you, what do you call me? I feel like I walk around going, are you my mother? Are you my mother? And now I have this working with me, and I filmed a lot. And I had three goals when I first saw Christ, and this is what it's 
it felt like in the beginning. Now, this doesn't mean that this person's going to see Christ. It means that they're feeling him. I don't know what the future holds for anybody. So I would be not okay to tell you that you're going to see him or not. And it, that's not the focus. Because I was feeling like that before I saw him. I knew something was going around. I just didn't know what it was. And then once I knew, it made complete sense. So I'm just letting you know that's what he feels like. And it's not a marker for someone else to say, well, I didn't feel that. I don't know if Christ is around me. He's around you. He's around you. Sometimes we feel it. Sometimes we don't. Doesn't mean you're good or bad. It doesn't mean that he's, you know, really letting you know so you know more than someone else. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means that sometimes this happens. Because he's always, always around you. Never not around you, around any of us. When we deny him, not him like, oh, I don't believe in you. No, but in our mind, when we just think there's nothing there, because we think so strongly that nothing's there, and we almost want the world to prove to us that something is there, we don't see it because we've put pressure on the energy around us, and that's why People who want proven things, they don't feel the hope and they don't feel the faith. And our world, believe it or not, is not run by the tangible things that we see. It's run by faith and hope. People who have it, we admire, and people who don't, we run away from. It's really that simple. Christ is real. There was a lady I was listening to and I was fascinated by the stuff she talked about. And then as I got deeper into her videos, because I'm fascinated by people who know things that are bigger than what we can see, but I listen really carefully because sometimes it's like weirdly self-serving and other times it's really something that people can take and live with and live through. And then she said, well, I don't believe in Christianity. And I thought, well, I don't, I'm not a religious person because after I saw Christ, I became non-religious. Why? Because if I chose to be in religion, I would have to cut out a lot of people to cut out everybody else. If I chose to be Muslim, I have to cut out everybody else. If I chose to be Jewish, I have to cut out everyone else. It's like you can't be a religion without cutting everybody else out. So the only way to reach everyone is to be everyone. So as that was happening, I started to feel for the first time in my life as good as everyone. Not worse. More importantly, not better. And then more importantly, not worse. And I know you guys get that. Because a lot of times we think everyone knows something we don't know. 
So these feelings that you experience, my anonymous writer, you just, you get to feel that. And those moments give you so much energy and you may not know what to do with it, but your level of understanding of yourself can now accommodate that. So it's a good thing to know. And I hope you're listening. If you're listening later, you will get this later, but it's really cool. And I'm glad that you asked the question. I know I had a ton of questions, but these two related to each other and it was just so much fun to talk about. I have 10 seconds. Have a great weekend. I will see you on Monday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.